0: to be an excellent Sunday, but right now I want to speak on the Word that God gave me. And you know, I actually want to give you a bit of a story about what what happened there. I was about to preach on the power of honour, and uh, I'd actually gotten halfway through the message, and I felt the Lord speak to me on three different occasions not to preach on that and to preach on what I'm about to preach on. So I know that this Word is for you. And I know that this word is from the Holy Spirit and he wants to speak into your spirit very clearly. And so I just invite you to open up your heart. Uh, you may not be used to this environment, but you know what? It's okay. You're in, in a safe place. Um, we want to encourage you with the word of God because that's what God's word does. Well, can you believe that in 12 days, it's Christmas Day? Who has not started their Christmas shopping? What? Guys, this is crazy. Online shopping. Online shopping will work. In fact, I did online shopping this, this year and it really does help. Anyway, in a recent study... It was found that 7.6 million Australians find Christmas to be the most stressful time of the year. And it's no surprise that in that new research that was found, one in four Australian adults experience anxiety, three million experience depression, and two million experience social isolation. Due to financial and time pressures, family tensions, separation, divorce, grief and loss and all the events of 2020 to add to that. And so what is so sad when we read statistics like that, and that's only for Australia, right? Not to mention what is happening across the world. Millions, literally millions of people not enjoying life. And I refer to this passage of Scripture on a regular basis, but John chapter 10 verse 10 tells us that the enemy wants to come and still kill and destroy our lives, but Jesus came that we may have life and enjoy it, to overflowing, to abundance. And I want to ask you again, are you enjoying your life? Because if you aren't, God wants to make sure that you are. And I believe today that the Holy Spirit has given me some keys in which we can actually look at our lives and see that we can enjoy this life that God has given us because, yes, troubles will come. Yes, tragedy will come. Yes, we go through hard times. But the Bible gives us keys because it's life's instruction manual on how we can live a life of peace. You see, we celebrate Christmas being a time when Jesus came to this earth to reconcile man to God. And Graham spoke about that in communion so powerfully. You know, God loves us so much. He wants to be in relationship with us. And so we celebrate Christ coming to this world to reconcile God to man, to rescue us from ourselves, from our sin, to help us, to give us hope and to give us peace. In the book of Isaiah, we read an incredible prophecy written nearly 800 years before Christ that gave the people of God a hope they so desperately needed. A child that would be born to fulfill the Davidic covenant and he would bear the titles that would Describe his character. Someone who is both willing and able to step forward on our behalf. Someone who knows all the details of our life and still loves us. Someone pure enough to remove our sin and our guilt and our shame from us. Someone committed enough to change us from the inside out. And that someone is Jesus Christ. And when Isaiah wrote um, the book of Isaiah, he prophetically declared the child that would be born. And in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, it says, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called wonderful counsellor Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And today, I want us to talk about Jesus, who is our Prince of Peace. You know, whenever I'm Christmas shopping, I always think of the irony of what it's like when you see so many people fighting over car parks, fighting over sales, being rude to one another, the hustle and bustle of just quickly getting that bargain or quickly getting through the list. And you look at people's faces and there is not one skerrick of a joyful face in the supermarkets and the shopping centres. People are just worried and stressed out. And you can see those statistics that I spoke about are so real because people are so stressed out at Christmas. And And then the irony of the shopping centre PA playing silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. No, it's not. It's crazy. It's absolutely psycho. And you know, it's crazy because these Christmas carols that are being sung in, that played in the supermarket and in the shopping centres are singing and declaring and proclaiming Jesus Christ and the very one who is the source of peace is the very one people are completely ignoring. And they're celebrating something that they don't even really acknowledge And I believe as Christians, we can make a difference. You know, living in this world with peace in our hearts seems impossible. And it's gone very quiet. But today, I want to talk about how it is possible to be in a storm, to be going through a hard time, and have supernatural peace in your heart to live and operate with supernatural peace a peace that transcends all understanding the bible says a peace that will guard your heart when you try and explain the peace that you are experiencing you can't even you can't even describe it with words because it transcends understanding you know, the other night I, I woke and I was, I was just feeling a little troubled in my spirit. And I, it was the middle of the night and so I kind of got up, trying not to wake anyone up. And I just kind of sat on the couch and, and I just started to pray. Because it's always good to pray when you just you have a troubled heart. And I was just bringing it before the Lord and he whispered into my ear. Uh, An obscure scripture. Now, I'll confess to you as a pastor, you're probably thinking I should have memorized the Bible by now. But unfortunately, I haven't. And so this scripture came into my spirit and I had no idea what it said. And it was so obscure, I'm thinking I'm really intrigued to know what this scripture is. And so I opened up my laptop, I had the light coming from the laptop and my Bible there. And I read in the New King James Version, Isaiah 26, verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. And instantly, my spirit was calmed. Instantly. Because I was reminded that I just need to keep my mind focused on God. And I had allowed my mind to go on a bit of a wander. I had allowed my mind to focus on things that were not God. And you see, we can focus our minds on so many different things, and particularly at Christmas time, because there's so much going on. But God just goes, come on, I want you to just focus on me. That's it. Keep your mind stayed on me. Just keep looking to me. I love the Amplified version. It says this, You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. You know, as followers of Christ, we have access to this supernatural peace so that we can have confident expectation that God is going to come through, that God is going to answer our prayer. And I love the word keep. You will keep in perfect peace. You know, to keep something of great value, we put it Close to us, we put it in a safe place. Well, first of all, I want to let you know that according to Isaiah 49 6, God keeps you, and He says, This, see, I have engraved you. In the palm of my hands. I love that. Because you know what that says about us? It says that you are greatly valued, that you are deeply loved, that you are thought of. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 139 that his thoughts towards us outnumber the grains of sand on the sea. Now, you know what? I remember, I remember getting some thinking about that scripture, being at the beach and getting right? My, my finger wet and just dipping my, my finger in the sand. And I remember just looking at on, on my finger, the tip of my finger, all the grains of sand, and I tried to count them. Well, you, you just can't. You can't. You can't count them, right? And when you read that scripture, and I haven't got it um, up on the screen, but Psalm 139, when you read that scripture, It shows you the marvellous magnitude of God's thoughts towards you, how precious and valued you are. Because if you try and work out how many grains of sand there are, well, you just can't. In other words, God's love for you is limitless. It cannot be measured because it's so great. You can't even fathom how much God loves you. And I believe when you have a revelation of that love, it changes your life. It changes everything about you because there is a confidence, confident assurance that comes when you start to actually see God move in your life and you can trust Him with your life. But, but for us to experience perfect peace, the Bible gives us keys And Isaiah tells us, whose mind is stayed on you, this is the place of perfect peace and the source of it. When we keep our minds stayed, when we keep our minds steadfast, fixed, settled on God, on the things of God, established on Him. You know, when my boys were little, they loved to wander. I don't know what it is about little boys, but boys like to wander off. Girls will just stay all my friends that had girls in church, they'd just sit there and play. But my, I was literally the mother that would be running around the church looking for my boys, right? And all the mothers of boys, we'd all be looking at each other like, yeah, I, get, I see, I know what you're going through, right? And all the mothers of girls would be like, oh, you should just keep them in line. And, and, and it was like, but I, I, we're doing our best here. But anyway, I don't know if any mothers of girls and boys can, can um, attest to that. But anyway, that was my experience. And so I remember being at the shopping centre. And you know how they have those playgrounds in the middle of the shopping centre, right? So I'm there and um, this couple came along and started to chat. And so I was kind of a little bit distracted and I started to talk to them. But I kept on kind of looking and... Before I knew it, Harry, our second son, had wandered off. And I tried looking for him and I'm like, oh my goodness, where's Harry? And I turned into a crazy woman and went into every shop and I'm like, have you seen a little three-year-old boy with a yellow T-shirt on? I've lost him, I don't know where he is. Well, anyway, he'd wandered off and was starting to walk towards the car park when a beautiful older couple had found him and realised that he wasn't going to his car because he was too young. And so they pulled him back and kind of just hoped that, they would see a frantic mother and they did. And so we were reunited. But, you know, God gave me a picture of that to explain how sometimes that's what happens in our minds. Our minds should be stayed on the things of God. Our mind needs to be stayed on what God wants us to be thinking about. But what happens is we start to wander. And we start to wander off. And then all of a sudden, we become lost. And it's a gradual thing. It's not even sometimes even intentional. But we start to wander off and we lose our peace. Because then we don't know where we are and we don't know what we're doing. And then we become confused. And then, you know, we lose our minds. And we think, what are we doing? Where am I going? Who am I? And we lose our identity And all along, God is saying, just stay with me. Stop wandering off in your mind. Because when you do, you will lose your peace. You will lose the supernatural peace that I have for you. You know, when you are not in perfect peace and when that has happened and you've acknowledged it, there are things that you can do that will help you. You know, so many people suffer with anxiety and and worry and fear. I think that's more of a pandemic than this jolly virus that's going around because, you know, it's robbing people of the life that God has called us to enjoy. We should not be consumed with anxiety. And I believe that anxiety can come because we've just simply wandered off and gotten a bit lost. But God wants to bring us back and just allow us to be kept in perfect peace. And the way in which we do that is we just focus on God, just refocus. And here's how we can do it in a practical way. You know, speaking in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues and being baptized with the Holy Spirit, I'd love to have a conversation with you afterwards because I'd love to pray for you and and because you know what speaking in tongues is so powerful it's a heavenly language And what it does is it edifies our spirit, the Bible says. And sometimes when you are feeling anxious, you actually don't know what to pray for, how to pray. But what's amazing about speaking in tongues is you don't know what you're praying. You're praying in a heavenly language. But while you're speaking in tongues, the Holy Spirit is having His way. And so it's amazing and so I know when I'm starting to feel a little bit like I've wandered off, I will just start to speak in tongues. And I just and there's this authority that comes because God is able to use that in a way to refocus us on Him. Another thing that we can do practically is put on worship. Worship is so powerful, so powerful. And so, you know, when your mind starts to wander, I encourage you, put on worship. Just get in a place where you can just put on your favorite worship, whatever that song may be. It might be one for a hymn from 1950, or it might be one that we're singing today. It doesn't matter. But as long as that worship is causing you to refocus on God, that's all that matters. You know, sometimes just going for a walk to clear your mind and just pray and just spending time with God and even just thanking Him for creation, thanking Him for your life, for your breath, for another day, for the simple things in life. I believe that is so powerful just to refocus you on God. Getting around godly people of great faith is another way that you can keep your peace. Not around people that just want to tell you um, something to make you feel better, right? But getting around godly people who know the Word of God, who can speak into your life and who can help you and show you the way that the Holy Spirit can use them to just encourage you in your spirit. So many times, and you know, I'll be guilty of it too. Where we just want to, we just want to have a bit of a sob party, and we want to talk to the people that are going to go, oh yeah, and 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 vindicate us, and, and go. yeah. but you know what? God is our vindicator, and when we do that, what we're doing is we're robbing God of the opportunity to do something natural, to vind- supernatural, to vindicate us. We're trying to get people to do it for us. And we miss out on the opportunity of God to do a miracle. God has the final say every single time. He does. He has the final say. But we can only let God have the final say when we stop. When we stop and we let God have control. And I believe that our peace can be robbed when we want to have control. When we want to have control of the situation, what happens is we take on the burden and the worry and the fear and the anxiety. Because we've got to have control and all of a sudden we're going, well, why did I lose my peace? Well, it's because you've taken on something that actually is meant for God. And so we need to get good at just throwing our cares, casting our cares onto a God who cares for us. You know, I love, I love Colossians 3.2 that reminds us, set your mind on things above, not earthly things. You know, this world is just so focused on itself. Self, 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 me, 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 me. But the kingdom of God is not like that. The kingdom of God is not self, me, me, self, me. The kingdom of God is God, others. And I will live my life like that. And when I do, I keep my peace. Why? Because I trust in God. I trust God enough to know He's going to look after me. Even when someone does something wrong by me, I trust God enough to go, well, God, you deal with that. You deal with them. That's okay. Because God, you'll do a better job of it than I will. And he really will. And so that's where trusting in God comes into it. We need to trust in God. You know. Colossians 3.2, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And Deuteronomy 11.18 says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and in your minds. That's how we keep perfect peace. You know, um, earlier in November, um, I wrote uh, just what ended up being a thing about three pages of just what what I just feel the Holy Spirit calling us to do next year. So a bit of a vision for our church for next year. And one of the things for our kids' ministry that I wrote down is I want our kids to learn 40 Scripture verses. I know that's a lot. But in a year, you know, it's okay, it's doable. But I want our kids to learn memory verses because when you are older... It's so powerful when you go through stuff to actually be able to memorize and have scripture that you've learned from when you're a child and you can speak it out and declare it over your life because you've sown it and invested it into your spirit. And I want to do that for our kids in this church. Memorize scripture, fix these words of mine in your hearts and in your mind that is how you keep your peace. When your mind starts to wander, you say, oh no, 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 trust in the Lord with all my heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, Janine. You don't understand everything. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him. God, I acknowledge you in everything I'm doing because I know as I do, you will make my path straight and you will sort out everything that doesn't make sense around me and I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on you because you're the author of my faith. And He will. He will help us. You know, I love the Scripture that Graham shared around communion this morning in Hebrews where it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. You know, it's one thing to say we're a Christian, but then it's another thing to be a Christian in this day and age. And I believe God wants to strengthen us as Christians. I'm gonna get into that one. God wants us to be strong in our faith. As a pastor, I can't do that for you. You can only do that for yourself. You are in your own day. So every day, I, I, I implore you, hold to, fast to the hope that you are, profess unswervingly. Don't swerve away from it. Don't let it wander. Don't wander off into, you know, we love to jump and skip again uh, uh, in front of God, ahead of God. We love to go, oh, that's a really good idea. Yep, great. Okay, I'm going to come over here. And then we go, oh, God, can you bless this? Can you bless this? And God's like, but I didn't tell you to go there. Why are you there? What are you doing? I never told you to move. I never told, I just, just stay focused on me. And when we stay focused on God, what we do is we strengthen our faith and if there was ever a time we need to be strong in our faith, it's now. It is Am I preaching? It is now. We need to be strong in our faith. But you know what's amazing is when you're strong in your faith, right? The Bible says don't be don't don't be lukewarm. Right? He he even says be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm in your faith. If you're a Christian, Be a Christian. Get into the Word of God like never before. Get into His Word like never before. Pray like never before. And you know what you'll find? That perfect peace will be yours. And don't swerve away from what God has called you to because He has an amazing plan and a purpose for your life. You know, He's given us this peace. And Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God because sin is destroyed through his death on the cross. Peace with men because his grace allows us to extend um, forgiveness to others. And peace in this world because we know he is in full control. What is peace? It's knowing that we're in the center of God's will. How can we be sure that we're there? Well, the Bible says in Acts 22 14, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will. You know, when we think about perfect peace, right, and we look at the word perfect, it kind of sends perfectionists twitching, right? But here's what perfect actually means constant, true, complete whole. It means finished. It means thy will be done. Why? It doesn't mean we get it right. It means God gets it right. As for God and His way is perfect. That is perfect peace. And He wants us, He wants that perfect peace to rule our hearts. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Thankfulness and gratefulness is connected to peace. So if you're always looking at what you don't have, you're not going to have peace. But if you're looking at what you do have, you're not only going to see it, but you're going to use it to bless others, and you're going to have peace. The peace of Christ needs to be in charge of your heart. You are called to live in peace. And the way we let the peace of Christ rule our hearts is to fully trust in Him. Fully trust in Him. Trust is putting down the shield of defense and picking up God's. Psalm 28.7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. He helps us. You know, there are times when I actually know People are praying for me. And, and, and I'll, I will literally, there'll just be this flood and it's a spiritual thing and it will just be this beautiful peace. And it will be right in the middle of, in the natural, what, you, what would concern, what would really concern you. But this wave of beautiful peace comes and I'll go, someone's praying for me. Do you know as the church we're called to pray for one another? And we often say when someone's going through hard time, I'll pray for you. But then we walk away and we just don't even pray. I'm guilty of it. But you know, I believe the Holy Spirit uses our thoughts to remind us to pray for people. And so this is what I say when I say I'm going to pray for someone. I will pray for you when I think of you. And do you know what? It gives the Holy Spirit full permission. And I will think of that person all the time. And every time I think of them, I'll pray for them. We need to pray for one another like never before. We need to encourage one. The only way that we can do that is if we actually get to know one another as well. And so that what that means is this. We've actually got to go out of our way to start a conversation with a pe- person. That's not always easy, but when you get to know people, you get to see what's going on in their life and you can offer to pray for them. And when you offer to pray for them, what happens is you're helping and you're encouraging them because it's, it's the Lord's strength and His shield that trusts in Him. He helps us when we pray for one another. You know, trust means letting God fight our battles. The battles in our minds, the battles in our flesh, and the battles in our heart. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says this, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. You know, I love singing that song, The Blessing, right? And, and I actually feel to, to sing that, if that's all right, as we wrap up. So I'm just letting the band know now. That's my little cue. But I really, you know, I really, really want us to sing that song because when we sing that song, it's like a declaration, you know, not only over our own lives, but over our family's lives and over their family's lives. And and what it's what is beautiful about that song is it talks about giving us peace. And so I want us to sing that song, as I wrap up, we're going to sing that song together. And as we sing it, we're going to be reminded that the Lord of peace himself will give you and your family and your children and their children peace at all times and in every way. God not only wants us to have peace In our homes, but He wants us to have peace in our relationships, in our workplace, and in our church. God wants us to keep perfect peace, and He's given us keys in His Word on how we are to do that. He wants us to spread that peace. You know, one of the things that happened this week was I got to meet with this. Um, Woman who happens to be a chaplain um, in another school, a primary school that have come to us as a church and asked for us to be in partnership together, which is a miracle, right? And she said to me, Janine, what is incredible is that 70% of the kids in this primary school come from domestic violence. And I was like, "I, I just can't get over that. I can't get over that. And when you think about domestic violence, it's like it's the total opposite of what we're speaking about today. It's the complete opposite. And why? It's because when people are focused on self, when people are focused on the world, what happens is the enemy uses it to steal, to rob the joy of their life, kill and destroy them. And so it is now rampant. It's just, it's everywhere. And it, what's happening is there is no peace in homes. There is now anger and violence. And it is is—it is horrible and it's terrible. And I don't want to live in a world like that. And I want us as the church I believe, you know, we look at ourselves and we think, what could I do? But, you know, I'm sure the little boy with the fish and the loaves looked at the 5,000 families and went, well, how could that make a difference? But we serve a very big God. And I believe that if we're serious about this, God can use us to bring change into homes where children are struggling, where men and women are struggling. And I am calling it out, but I want to see people that are in those kind of situations come into this place and find Jesus Christ and be restored and totally healed, where they can actually create a home where peace is found. Proverbs 15:1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath. You know, it starts in our homes. Sometimes we allow arguments. Sometimes we allow, you know, our partner or our kids to kind of offend us and hurt us, and we can get upset and angry, and we just kind of, you know, say harsh words. And the Bible says that harsh words stir up strife. But in our own homes, we actually need to discipline ourselves and allow peace to rule in our homes. And even when we're getting upset, it's a great way of focusing on God because when you can just stop, if someone in your home has made you upset and take it to God, God loves everyone in that home. He will give you the right answer and all He wants you to do is, is just answer in a gentle way, in a gentle manner. And I believe if we can all just start doing that in our own homes, we can start to see change in our world. And people will start to see that peace that is on your life, that is profound and evident of Christ living inside of you. That's what... I believe God wants for us His perfect peace available to each and every one of us freely yours. And so I want to declare God's peace over you. And so what I want us to do is that if the team can come up I want everyone to just bow their head and close their eyes and we're going to sing that song. But just before we sing that song what I want to do is I want to give an opportunity to anyone that might be here today that says, you know, I I just I don't have that peace that you're talking about, Janine. I feel like I'm just so consumed with anxiety and fear and worry and I just want you to pray for me. I want to have a revelation of your of God's peace of what you've been speaking about today, the perfect peace that God has for me. So if that's you, I want to pray for you if you could just